Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome back to Talk Your Poly Off. Hi, Bella. Hello, Monsuda. And how are you today? I just finished some of my Happy Planner spreads for next week for the week of St. Patrick's Day and it turned out really pretty. Oh yeah? Yeah, I really liked it. Good. Yeah. So what's in your plan? Oh, I got lots going on. So Monday I have to go get some blood work. Tuesday I have two different doctor's appointments. Wednesday is St. Patrick's Day and we've got some virtual concerts that we're going to watch. Then Thursday... What do I have there? Oh, Thursday starts my liquid diet. Oh, good. And then Friday, I have another doctor's appointment. And then you're out of town. Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday. And so it's going to be a me time weekend. Yeah. That's my week. Sounds like a good week. Yeah. It meant I had a lot of stuff to actually put in my planner. Whereas all this like COVID time, I haven't had shit to put in my planner. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. I'm glad you got to do that. How are you? I'm doing well. This week, I ended up picking up a new client for life coaching. Nice. And I'm really excited to get that started. We're getting the scheduling process done and getting this person set up so that we can do some life coaching together. Awesome. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Also, just celebrated my wife's birthday. Awesome. Spent a lot of the weekend really putting some focus on her and making her weekend awesome doing some things. We all sat around, you and me and her, at a fire in the backyard. And it was a perfect day for it, too. It was beautiful up here in the Pacific Northwest yesterday. Yeah, not a cloud in the sky. There were stars everywhere. Yeah. It was good. Oh, that's what else I did. Well, what? I had a photo shoot before before the fire and the birthday shenanigans. Mm -hmm. I had a photo shoot that morning. Yeah. And it was like a pre-op photo shoot where we did a bunch of different outfits and we went out to Fort Vancouver, which uh -huh. is actually a really neat old... There's even a, an airstrip and a museum and stuff. And there's some really cool houses and whatnot. So we took a bunch of pictures. That's cool. So I did that on that beautiful day. Yeah. I know that you were doing some of that photo shoot here. And it gave me the chance to read a little bit. But it was fun to watch you continue to change outfits <laughs> and... You and the photographer were having a great time, so it was really cool to watch. It was fun. We started, like you said, we started at the house, and we did some stuff. Like, I just wanted to be in my underwear for a couple shots so I could see my body changing. Which I'm totally all right with. <laughs> and our photographer friend, she was super awesome, and we did some indoors and outdoors and on my bed in my, like, little stuff and all kinds of things. So I'm going to have a whole lot of pictures to kind of compare some before and after to yeah. beyond the typical selfie pictures. Right. I think yeah. it'll be cool. I'm excited. So for today's discussion, seeing how we're going to jump tracks so abruptly. Yes. No segue. We have decided to go to our typo phone. To the typo phone! What was that number again, Bella? It is 209-536- Eight nine seven six or two zero nine five three six typo. So we went to the typo phone yeah. for this week's discussion, and while we've got 
quite a few questions ready to roll. Mm-hmm. We kind of picked four that seemed pretty well related, so we're going to go with those. Yeah, we've, we're just going to answer some questions for you today. Okay, so the first one is, can you date someone without talking about their other partner or partners? Honestly, I think that's super hard because to me, my partners are all part of my life. You know, all of my stories that I'm going to tell to someone new I'm on a date with are probably going to include another partner or some aspect of I was out with this partner or I was with my partner's kids or like, I feel like that's going to come up in conversation no matter what. Right. And I do recall when we first started dating, I heard a lot about your other partners (laughs) on our dates. Right. It's a part of your life. Like, I don't think it's appropriate to kind of tell your partner's story, you know, like if I'm on a date and the person says, Oh, well, how did you and your partner get into Polly? Well, I can only tell my story. It's not necessarily appropriate for me to tell my partner's story, but I can share my experiences with my partner. Right. Right. And I think that's where a lot of privacy type stuff comes into play, you know, going into details about their private life or their, their story. Right. And it, Probably also wouldn't be appropriate for early dates to talk about all the hardcore bedroom action that you're having. <laughs> Depends on the date. Right. <laughs> it does. But in general, I mean, I think that there's going to be discussion about your other partners with someone that you're dating. Absolutely. I mean, I would feel kind of weird if I was on a date with someone and I knew they were married and none of their conversation mentioned or spoke about their partner it would almost feel like they were lying or hiding something or just not being quite truthful now i'm thinking again back to our early dates yeah and while i know that the first kind of date that we went on you met both my wife and i at the same time and we all hung out that night right and i know that we also shortly thereafter went to an adult club together, Mm -hmm. all of us. But I also recall that I didn't spend a lot of time talking about my other partner. Do you feel like that's accurate? Well, I don't know that you would talk about your other partner while your other partner is with us. No, I mean like when it was just you and I. Like I felt like I was pretty private about that stuff. No, that's not... I mean, private, yes, but I mean, you had been married for 20 years or whatever, coming up on 20 years. So a lot of your stories, oh, my wife and I would host parties back yeah, in Walla. Yeah, that's true. Okay. It just life revolved around the person in your life. So again, I would expect any stories to have the partner involved. Right. On the opposite end of that spectrum, however, there is the silo aspect of polyamory where you may keep one or multiple or all of your relationships completely separate. Yes, and we've tried that once. And there is also the don't ask, don't tell aspect of that, where we're not going to volunteer information and we're not going to ask about information. Everything's kept separate and compartmentalized for the sake of the self or the other partners. Maybe it's something you prefer, not you specifically, because I know that you don't. But there is still that aspect that There could be silo polyamory. Let's see, how does that work when, let's say we're talking, right? We're on a date and I'm 
what are some of your likes and dislikes? And I'm like, oh, I really, really love the beach. And let's say the weekend before, my partner and I just had a beach trip. Now I'm going to tell this person I'm on a date with, I love the beach. Am I going to say, I went to the beach last week? It sounds so false to me. It sounds very misleading to then tell the story of how I went to the beach last week and I went and flew a kite and I saw the seals and I had such a great time without mentioning there was even another person with me. Now, you could do it that way. You could even say, I went to the beach with somebody and then just be vague about that somebody. Right, and I know that I could. It just doesn't feel right to me. Like, it feels so misleading or hiding. And I know a lot of people have siloed relationships, and there's nothing wrong with it. This is just my own take on it. It just doesn't sit well with me. Right. Like, I think there's a difference between I don't want to come hang out with you and your partner versus not hearing anything. To like gear back towards the question specifically can you date without talking about other partners i think it's possible yeah and i think potentially people do it i feel that it would definitely be a very difficult thing to do because as we've said you're exploring your life with multiple people at multiple times and at some point there's going to be that question oh you went to the beach how was that and then if you're not going to talk about your other partners I enjoyed scuba diving and I enjoyed <laughs> playing with starfish and I even went to a museum. That works. Totally. Yeah. But then yeah, you're you're kind of you're not I wouldn't say withholding, but you're you're not being open or upfront. Yeah. Or you could be. You're just not you're not sharing more information that would be pertinent to the story. Yeah. There's no lie. You're not lying. You did go. You did do all these things. Right. So you could totally edit your conversation to just be about you and your experience. All right. So let's see. What's the second question I've got on here? It kind of goes hand in hand with that one. Now, what level of involvement do you have in your significant other's relationships? Your significant other's other relationships. Do you discuss everything, including like reading texts, showing pictures, or to what level of privacy do you allow your partner to have in those relationships? So do you discuss your significant other's other relationships? So your metas. And do you get super involved in their stuff? Yeah. How, how, what's the level of involvement? These questions are actually really good. It's almost like an evolution of the question. Yeah. So while we might go to the beach and say, I did this and I did that and I did that, you might be perhaps protecting the privacy of another partner who mm -hmm. doesn't want all this information shared. On this instance, how much are you going to share if it's okay to share these things right. that, you, you know, your partner is giving you consent? So, like, for example, you had a siloed relationship once upon a time. Yes. She didn't really want to be I've involved. had a couple, but yes, I know yeah. the one you're talking about. She didn't really want to be involved with me. She knew who I was. We had met and exchanged contact information but she just didn't want to hang out, didn't really want to be part of my part of the life. Right. However, there was enough consent given that when you'd come home with a date, and I'm like, oh, how'd it go? How'd you, how was your night? I would get like broad strokes of things, right. right? I had a lot of fun. We did X, Y, and Z. Then maybe we went back to her place, hung out, watched a movie, you know, did our thing. Right. And literally did our thing might have been the verbiage used. Right. There were no details given. 
Um, obviously, I didn't even know where she lived, things like that. And at the time, once you had left her house, you would turn on your map location. So I knew you were on your way. Yeah. But I never knew where she lived. All that sort of privacy information was never shared. And that kind of worked for the situation, although I didn't like it because it's not my cup of tea. I understood what was going on. And it was what I was comfortable with, that relationship specifically. I was comfortable with doing that mm -hmm. because my relationship with this person was for me right. and for her and not for everyone else. And I can, I can compartmentalize well that way yeah. if the need or desire arises. But it definitely wasn't the type of situation like there's another one. Recently, you had a long-distance girlfriend who openly shared with me that she assumed and expected anything she shared with you, she wanted it to be shared. She knew it would be shared and was okay with it being shared. Right. And that included text messages that she'd send to you and a picture now and then. Not that you'd always run to me to show it, but if I happen to be like, hey, what are you guys talking about? oh, we're talking about X, Y, and Z right now. Right. And that was, she had already given consent for that and knew that that would happen. Well, and then like even further into that is that I think there was some excitement at that level of sharing because it also helped this other partner feel like a more valuable part of my world. Yeah. And more connected with my world and vice versa. Yeah, and there was even an instance where something came up and I had messaged her about something, and she was like, oh, I thought he had told you already. Right. And I was right. like, oh, no, he didn't share that. <laughs> well, and that's a thing, too, right? And so there's there's these two extremes here, where the, the one girl was not totally comfortable being immersed into my polyamorous lifestyle. She mm -hmm. knew from the get-go what I was, and she knew from the get-go the kink and all of this stuff, mm -hmm. and she was all right with aspects, but not other bits. And so she preferred a lot more privacy. And in this girl that you're talking about was a lot more open and was hopeful or assuming that this kind of conversation or this the stuff shared with me would potentially be shared elsewhere. Yeah. But then there's that other level of myself. Because I want to make sure that each relationship is its own thing, I will not give full details. It's like whole kiss and tell thing, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas I might have a partner who gets off on hearing... Oh, that's me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of them. I still kind of find it odd. It's, <laughs> it's cool, but it's odd. And, and that's because of me. I, I have had a partner, I currently have a partner, who gets excited about all the details. Like, <laughs> not just, oh, you did your thing, but like... How did you do your thing? And how long did you do your thing? And was it messy? What kind of noises were, you know, like <laughs> a real voyeuristic kind of, or a, you know, yeah, that totally kind of attitude. And I personally, I'm still, you know, I still have a lot of privacy things, mm -hmm. whereas I don't want to keep anything from anybody, but I still am not always sure how comfortable I am sharing the sordid details. Right. <laughs> and to be clear, he doesn't. If he doesn't have consent from partners, even though I want to know all the things, he doesn't just openly share the sexy details. Right. And I just had to tell you to suck it up and miss out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so there's there's a lot of levels to this. Uh, how much... I'm not, I could hand you my phone. I have no problem ever handing you my phone. You could look through whatever the hell you want. Right. I don't care. So for me, 
that level of openness is okay. Now, if I have a partner who maybe doesn't want everything shared, or we had a conversation that's like, can this one stay just between us? I'd be a little more hesitant to hand you the phone, or I would say, please don't dig through these messages or whatever yeah. for privacy reasons. Right. I guess maybe we're getting a little sidetracked here. The question is... What's the level? What, what level of involvement do you have in your significant other's relationships? So let's go back to just personalizing this. What level of involvement do I have in your relationships? I don't have any other relationships. <laughs> when you do, <laughs> geez, you have other relationships. You just currently don't. But that's not entirely true either because you still connect with people. You still use dating sites. You still have conversations. And I'd like to be involved in understanding what kind of things are going on there. I'm not the partner that wants all this sort of details. Like, how hard did he ride you? Or like, you know, <laughs> I don't care about that. Yeah. What I care about is making sure that you're safe, making sure that you're happy. I would be cool with meeting your partners and getting along with your partners, hanging out. But, like, I don't want to read every single little thing. Right. I'd like to be informed on life-changing events like oh i am now dating this person or i've been talking to this person for a, a while you know yeah and i'd like to know sooner rather than later so that it doesn't come up much later and i'm like wait what, what? the fuck <laughs> what about you how involved how involved do you want to be or do you like to be i like all the details now i it changed because when i was first poly i didn't my insecurities got me too hard, jealousy, all of it. So I didn't want to know all the details. But then I think as my compersion grew and my pervalicious personality came out. <laughs> as you got more perverted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there were things that I was like, oh, I'm totally a voyeur. I want to know all the details because it's hot and it makes me hot. Right. Yes. You know, uh, there's... Uh, you had a friends with benefits for a little while pre-COVID, and when she would come over, and again, her and I had talked, and she was quite well aware that I was listening, but man, you guys would have a good time in your bedroom, and my bedroom's across the hall, and I'd have my TV on, and I could still hear what was going on, and then there'd be a, a pause, just so I could extra hear what was happening. <laughs> I love all the details now. And not only does it make me happy because I'm like, yes, he's happy. He's getting his. This is awesome. Yay. Uh, even non-sexy stuff. Just, hey, he really went on this really awesome date and that's fantastic. And then, you know, if it's you sharing text messages and then I see you light up and I can watch you from across the couch. And I know you're talking to a, a significant other because you're smiling while you're reading and you guys have an inside joke that you're sharing. I'm like, what's so funny? You know, and then it the joy spills over into me. So I'm yeah. the kind of person that likes to know everything. Again, I deal with it. If you are dating someone who doesn't want to share and I'm understanding and I get it, but if it's my choice and someone's asking what I want and what I like, I absolutely love being involved in knowing. Okay. So this one's not from the typo phone. Okay. But it goes with this. You mentioned how you absolutely love knowing all these things. Like what did you guys do on your date and all of this? What happens when you hear something that might upset you? Like maybe, oh, I really wanted you and I to go to this place. Well, that depends. 
Was this long ago? No, I mean Or now. was this yesterday? Yesterday. We'll go with yesterday. <laughs> because even early in our relationship... Oh, yeah. I very specifically remember one time you mentioning this idea of, I think I want to take her archery on an archery date. Or no, it was axe throwing. Axe throwing. I want to take her axe throwing. And I was like... Are you fucking kidding me? I had like steam coming out of my ears. My eyes turned bright red. It's really funny to watch her get mad by that. I was like, I've been talking about this date for months. and You're not taking me, but you're going to take someone else. And I <laughs> lost my shit. Now that was like two years ago or so. Three. Three. Yeah, it was a while ago. So I want to say I've grown. Since then, we've done a lot of personal development and work. So if something comes up where I'm not quite ready for it or it stings or something like that, it's not a great feeling. I'd like to think that I kind of swallow it and feel it and understand why I'm feeling this. And I'll journal if I need to journal. I'll write it out. And you will see my reaction because I don't hide my face well. True. (laughs) So you will see that it was maybe something difficult for me to hear. And I'll try to reassure you and be like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm good. Let me process it. Yeah. So that you're not afraid to share in the future, but then I'll have to step away and process it before I can genuinely be happy and feel that compersion again. Right. And that doesn't happen very often these days. I don't remember feeling that way, specifically the way that I did about that axe throwing date. Right. (laughs) Which we still haven't gone on three years later. (laughs) And I still have never done with anyone, actually. Not because you got upset, but just because it never worked out. Well, and early on too, I mean, we struggled. A lot of people, it's kind of funny. A lot of people are like, oh, you guys are so good at poly. I'm like, man, you don't know all the struggles that go on behind the scenes. Like I remember early on, there was a bar that was like our bar. Like it was a country bar with some pinball games. And I had showed it to you and it was like this thing. And then we were in the middle of a fight and you were like, I'm going to take my other partner to this bar. (laughs) And at the time... we're bringing this shit up now. (laughs) At the time, we were all kind of in a place where we were very possessive over the places. And I want to be the first to show you and that sort of thing. Whereas now, I don't... Yeah, and I have a hard time with that. Yeah, it's just a place or it's just a band or just a movie. Yeah. I don't feel as possessive. There's certain things, like there's a couple movies that are definitely our movies. Yeah. And it's come up in the past when showing the movie to other people. But I don't feel it the way I used to feel it. It's kind of like a, ah, it's okay. It's a movie that anybody can watch. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so to jump back onto the typo phone track. Also, that's 209-536-8976. 209-536-TYPO. Yeah, we're whoring it out because we like this and we like hearing from you and we like being able to talk about this. Yeah, even if you guys don't have questions because we love the questions, but even if you just want to give us some feedback and you're like, dude, that was a great episode or a terrible episode or what about doing this topic or I'm really struggling with X, Y, and Z. We just want to hear from you. It's great. Yeah. So the third question is, how do you manage time alone when a partner is out with a meta? Planners and succulents. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's how you do it. I mean, okay, so let's talk about this, though. Your partner's going out with a meta, going out with your meta, their other partner. Right. And now you have all this free time. And this is a question that has come up so many times in, you know, 
all of the poly journey that I've been on. Yeah, and we see it from friends and other people too. Yeah. And I think early on, it's one of those first initial steps after opening up, especially when it's a couple that's jumped into poly together. Right, and then learning that you're probably going to have to date separately, and then they start dating separately. So it's along that train right. of feelings. It's of, one of the first speed bumps they hit. Yeah, oh, well, I thought this was our life together, and now you're sharing memories with someone else that is not me and i'm alone and i don't know what to do because my whole life has codependently wrapped around this other person well i mean not in a necessarily bad way yeah but we do everything together we go right. grocery shopping together now i'm on my own with time i can't watch any of my tv shows because we watch all the tv shows together right you know so it's figuring out it's almost like a great opportunity to rediscover yourself it is and I think that the first thing, what you do with your time when your partner is going out with another partner initially is you sit and overthink and dwell and make shit up in your head. Oh, man, and, you, you know, spin some stories. Yeah, you spin stories and you spin out of control and then you guys fight when you get home. Like literally they're probably at dinner just having some good conversation and in your head they're like hiring sex workers together in the hotel having a massive orgy. Doing lines of coke yeah. off of someone's back. I don't know. like Yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> so learning how to stop that overthinking, I think, is a very good first step. Yep. And that's not easy. And I, I mean, like, I'll say that 100%. It's not easy. If you're a person who has these overthinking thoughts, it's not as easy as like, hey, cut it out. Right. right. And a lot, you'll get a lot of advice I think that first step is to distract yourself. And I don't, I mean, like, I agree with that, but I also don't agree with that. Right. Because if you're distracting yourself, it goes back to one of the episodes we had recently about avoiding your problems. Mm -hmm. You're distracting yourself. You're not focusing on what's troubling you. Right. So if you're stuck in overthinking, you can't stop overthinking. You're playing music really loud. You're cleaning the kitchen. You're, I don't know, like drinking, <laughs> whatever it is that you start spiraling and doing. To distract yourself is going to increase this pattern of, of feelings. Yeah, it's not going to get better next time. And this is definitely not easy to do, but I think that one of the things that you should do when they go out, or one of the things that you could do, I guess would be a more yeah. appropriate way to say that, is really sit down with something and write down what you're feeling and why. We've said it so many times, mm -hmm. drill down to the root. Figure out the base root of the problem. A lot of times it's, they're going to leave me for this other person, or I'm not going to be as good as this other person. Right. Or I'm angry that he took her axe throwing and he hasn't taken me. Why am I feeling angry? Because I feel left out and forgotten. Yeah, write some petty shit like that. It's good. It's really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, that's true though, because you want to you wanna write down what it is you're feeling so that you know what to address. And if you can't do that all at once, because you might start grab your phone and try to super text them, then write it down and then try to forget about it. Mm -hmm. Try right? to get it out. Learn how to paint or craft or work on something that you've not worked on. Keep your mind and your hands busy, especially those first few times, so that your time passes in a way that doesn't feel like excruciating infinity. 
Right. And if uh, we'll just stick with the angry axe throwing example. Oh, let's do that. So let's say you're out and my first thought is I'm grabbing my pencil in a fist, not not the proper way. Angry. And I'm drawing all over this stuff. And if I don't drill down and figure out, okay, I'm angry. Why am I angry? Because he took her somewhere I wanted to go. Well, so what? Anybody can go. But that means he's not seeing or hearing me and he's forgetting me and he's going to leave me behind all these other feelings that are coming, like asking the why multiple times, mostly so that when he gets home, instead of me just jumping his shit with anger the minute he gets home, because I'm still angry and I don't know why I'm angry, but grr, he can come home. I can say, hey, how was your day? Hope everything's great. I really need to talk about some things with you. When is a good time to do that? And maybe it's that night, maybe it's the next day, whatever it is, you've got it written down so you can address it and say, hey, I had these feelings. I think they're coming from here. Help me come up with a plan to address this. Right. And to create an addendum onto that, maybe don't wait at the door, (laughs) you know, in ambush, ready to jump out and spew all this out because your partner may have just gone out and had a really great time and is enjoying the high of this feeling. Or maybe they went out and it actually turned pretty disastrous and your partner came home feeling super bummed. Either way, your partner is also having feelings and railroading them with some of these overthinking manifestations Mm. aren't going to do either of you any good. As tough as it might be, ask how their day was or, or, you know, that sort of thing. Maybe find a way to express, not right away, but have some conversations. Or even better yet, just listen and see how it went and then see if you can find some joy in watching your partner's joy right. or finding some happiness in their fun stories so that maybe it doesn't feel so hurtful. Right. At some point, you will want to have a conversation because it's important for you and your partner to be able to work through these feelings you're having so you're not building resentment. Yeah. But immediately after they get home is probably not the best time. Yeah. And I remember going through this phase and it was awful. Man, I would get panicky and my heart would race. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to leave me and ah, all these things. And I'd try and distract with all these different ways. And I'm definitely, I mean, we're four years in and I'm at a place where I'm like, are you going out tonight? Is your date out of the house? So I'm alone. Great. Let me get to my things. I love how more and more you make it sound like you can't (laughs) wait to get away from me. So yeah, there's some things. Oh, really? (laughs) Stop it. Stop (laughs) it, you. Cool. So what are some things, not that I ever go on dates. Yeah. But what are some things that you personally like to do to pass your time while I'm out? Well, I do have a lot of running lists of things I'd like to do. Yeah. Oftentimes those lists are just in my head. (laughs) But I do have some written down and that journal thing that I've been keeping this year. I've tried to maintain some of this stuff and actually have accomplished some of these things. But I like to try to keep myself busy. I will read. I will clean a section of the garage that I've been wanting to get to. Or maybe if I don't want to be productive, which is kind of rare, I will find a TV show that I want to watch that you're probably not interested in. Like you were, you recently got through all the Defenders. Yeah, all the Netflix Marvel TV shows. Yeah. Uh, that was just kind of my thing. And, I mean, it took me four years almost to get through them all because I'll I don't I'll try watch to have much. some more dates so you have some more time Why? Those. those shows are done. I got through them Never all. mind, then. I won't have any <laughs> dates for you. You have more dates. I'll watch something else. 
Quit being petty. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, find a TV to watch or take a page out of Bella's book and TikTok for <laughs> 78 straight days. I will get in the bathtub for two hours just TikToking. It's, I'm not posting anything. I just rabbit hole into the TikTok funnies. Mostly the dog videos. Yeah. Lots of animal videos. Oh, yeah, me too. It's a good time. But, you know, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Talking about the TV shows and stuff, when you're freshly out of a monogamous relationship and all you guys do is, a, like, all your TV shows are wrapped up with each other, maybe there's something he's not really into. Like a show about Alaska? Yes, like Alaska or Bridgerton that uh, you had no no desire whatsoever. Yeah, I've tried to walk into the room while you watch that show and I just walked straight back out. <laughs> so no interest. You can find your shows. Maybe there's a rom-com movie that you've been dying to see that he has no interest in. And instead of making him watch it with you, now you have some time. And then discovering different new hobbies. Okay, so I guess it would be fair to say that you have more experience in this field than I do. Yes. Because I do date more, and I'm out with people more. So how do you deal with it? I mean, you've mentioned a couple of things, but like, yeah, I mean, what have you got? More recently, I'm into my happy planner, and I do a lot of happy planner stuff, and my power sheets goals. I also love my succulents, and during the winter when they're indoors, they take a lot of... I know a lot of people say they don't take any care. You can just kind of you water them, and then you stick them aside and forget about them for a month before you do anything again. But I watch those suckers very closely. <laughs> <laughs> so I take care of my succulents. I will rearrange things in my bedroom. I will go through my clothes and make my goodwill and toss out piles. I will, there's something called um, painting, diamond painting that I haven't gotten into yet, but I like all the different crafting ideas. Mm -hmm. I do paper crafts a lot too. So finding a way, like you were saying, to keep your hands and brain busy, but really for me, it's a lot of hobbies. During the summertime, I'll, I'll lay outside and sunbathe and read a book, listen to some music. Yeah. You know? So then another off script question uh -oh. is... How long do you feel it took you, like once you started doing polyamory, not mm -hmm. just with me, but, you know, once you started doing polyamory, how long do you feel like it took you to get over those initial feelings of frustration or fear or doubt while they were out with other people? And then you got to a point where you're just like, oh, I'm now I'm just looking forward to my alone time and I can't wait to do these things. I think it took me a couple years, uh, maybe two Maybe three, but probably more like two. It took me a couple of years. Yeah. And it was build up, you know? I was really hard in the beginning, and then it got a little bit better, but it was still pretty tough. And working through those emotions to this place where I'm at now, where I don't think I feel any negative emotions when you go out, unless I'm in a bad place myself. Okay. If I'm just in a normal, regular, good, happy place, then I'm fine. I don't have any negative feelings about you going out, doing whatever you're going to do for however long you're going to do it. If I'm having a bad day or I'm struggling with something or I'm feeling particularly insecure about something, then I might struggle a little bit more with it. And not because you did anything new or different, but because I'm already feeling some feelings that it's just going to be triggered no matter what. I mean, you could literally leave the room we're in and I'm going to feel abandoned. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what you're saying is the feeling theoretically never fully goes away. Depending on scenarios. But yeah, for it me, gets it's easier. It's always been there. I 
learned how to manage it and it got much easier. And I mean, I'd say it goes away. It comes and goes. I would yeah. say it comes and goes and it's very situational. Okay. And again, that's my experience with it. And I've been polyamorous for about 10 years, maybe just slightly over, but I've had so many different types of relationship dynamics with you. It's the first time I was consistently home alone while you were out. And I think that was because I moved in to live with you and your wife really early. Mm -hmm. So you guys had date nights, even if they were just in the house, the house was big enough that there were multiple living rooms and whatnot. So I was left alone more so than I had been with some other relationships in the past. So I definitely learned quicker in our oh, relationship. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got the fourth and final question for us here from the typo phone. Alrighty. It's kind of a doozy. What is your routine after a partner comes home from being intimate with someone else? I feel uncomfortable with the idea of kissing and touching my partner after they've been with another. Will this get easier over time? Hmm. That's a good one. And I feel like this is kind of a continuation of some of what we touched on with the last question. Mm -hmm. Like, don't just jump them at the door, right? If you have a routine or if you build like a habits or whatever for when they come home. Well, and maybe your partner has an idea or thoughts for their own routine. They've been out getting freaky with someone else. And in their mind, they're already like, okay, I'm going to go home to my wife or my partner. What am I going to do when I get home? So they might right. already have something in mind for what they're going to do. Right. If you jump them at the door and they're like, ah, whoa, I haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah. And I have experienced that plenty of times <laughs> in more than one relationship. Yeah. And sometimes it makes things tougher in the long run because it creates this stigma about going out and in yeah. the, like creates an apprehension for coming home which is really tough to deal with. Now, as far as, like, I personally, I know I'm out with someone else. I know I'm doing my thing. And, you know, especially if we have sex, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to come home a little different than when I left. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that depends, too, on how comfortable you are with your partner, if maybe there's a shower at their place that you use. Right, yeah. right. And so I want to make sure that I'm clean mm -hmm. so that, you know, I'm not... Transferring data between people, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but I also want to, like, I personally, I like to really enjoy the moment, especially on the drive home. Mm -hmm. And that's where I get to solidify all these good thoughts in my head. When I come home, I want to generally, or when I go to another partner, I generally want to put some emphasis on the partner that I'm coming to. And letting them know that I care about them and they're valid. Like with you, I'll come in if you're in bed. I'll typically go to your room and, and hug you a little bit and kiss on you a little bit. Uh -huh. Just so you know that I'm here and I care about you. But I guess, I don't know. Do you... It kind of depends, right? So if you were out and you were getting your freak on and you come home and you come in the room and kiss on me with your beard and mouth smelling of somebody else. Yeah, again, going back to the clean thing. Right. I'm going to have a problem. So even mid-sleep, you'll wake me up and I'll be like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> so as long as your partner has the wherewithal to think about something like that, they're going to take it upon themselves, yeah. right? They're going to come home. They're either going to shower. They're going to wash up in some way, brush their teeth, rinse their face, wash their face off. They're going to take care of their own hygiene 
if they're a hygienic person before they come and see you because that makes them feel better as well. They're going to feel super insecure about coming to give you a kiss and smelling like someone else. Well, and I guess that's a step that I, I insinuated but right. didn't explicitly say. Yeah, you said So I want to be clean. clean. Mm-hmm. So when I get home, I'll go clean up. Right. And then I'll come and see you. Right, right, right. I was just clarifying. Yeah, that thanks. Stuff. But if the partner waiting at home says, oh my gosh, you just got home. I can smell the sex on you. Go clean up. That takes away from the partner who was already planning to do that. Right. And then it's like, what? You thought I was just going to come home and smother you with others? Like, give me the benefit of the doubt here. So that's also where a lot of the what if and pre-planning talks come in handy. You know, hey, I'm going on a date tonight. What if it gets sexy? Oh, well, that's okay. As long as you take a shower when you get home, I'll feel comfortable or whatever the conversation is. But if you have that before the the date happens that night, then when they come home, you don't have to jump their shit. They don't feel insecure. Everyone does their thing. Yeah. And it's kind of an understood cleansing, so to speak. So do you have a specific routine or any type of routine-ish things involving like when I come home from somewhere else? Other than making sure you don't smell like someone else, taste like someone else, anything like that, I'm okay with everything. That's really all that I ask for. I don't even care. I mean, unless if they were over here and they destroyed and soaked the sheets, (laughs) then of course I'd want new sheets on the bed before I slept on the bed. What about like emotional desires or wishes? I definitely love that you come in and, you know, let me know that you're here and I'm considered and thought of. Typically, your dates go late, so I'm usually in bed. So I guess the next morning, I'm usually like, how did it go? Yeah. I remember you coming home, but how did it go? Yeah. And that's where, you know, the level of discussion and privacy comes up. But if it wasn't that late and I was home and you came in and then you went and showered and then came and sat with me or whatever, then yeah, I mean, I'd want you to come spend some time with me, maybe cuddle up on the couch while we're while I'm finishing whatever I was watching Sort of a thing. But I don't really have any expectations other than come home and clean yourself up. Okay. So if we were to offer opinion or help, then we might say that you don't want to jump them right away. If you need to talk, maybe schedule. Set it up ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Say, when you're going to go out, I still want to know what's going on in your life if I do. And I'm probably going to have feelings. And I don't want to blindside you or abruptly ruin your great mood so maybe we will have our own night for the rest of the night and in the next morning after we've gotten a good night's sleep we can talk totally i think that would be a good way to go definitely i agree and i think as far as like does it get easier because i know some people struggle with the idea of their partner being intimate it really helped me early on try to remember that sex doesn't dictate a love level just because they had sex with someone else doesn't mean they love that person more than they love you. Sex is literally a physical pleasure. Right. And it's not a comparison thing. Nothing. None of Polly is a comparison, but that's a whole nother episode. True. For me, remembering that sex is physical, right? Oh, I really like getting a massage. Well, that's naked with someone else's hands on me. Why is that any different? Because of the parts that touch during sex? So you're getting hot and sweaty. Let's go to the gym together. We're going to get hot and sweaty there and then get a massage. So if I can remember that it's just a physical enjoyment, 
It doesn't change the emotions or the love. Then it helped me deal with my partner being intimate. Yeah. Okay, so let's take the sex out of it. Let's say that I went out on a date and had a lot of emotional intimacy with somebody. Had a great time. We bonded super hard. I'm feeling lovey thoughts. You're talking about sex doesn't equate to love specifically. What about when emotions equate to love? And I go out and I'm just feeling all the love in the world for this person. What do you got for that? Well, I think that's, for me, a more introspective journey. At first, I'm like, oh, he's all in love and it's super cute and he's got his little heart glasses on. But then, you know, the emotional stuff I feel personally starts to feel more threatening. So I have to process through it. Right. And that's where I have to feel secure in our relationship. And that comparison comes up. And why is it a bad thing that he feels lovey? It's not love. There's an abundance of love. It's good that he's got so much love. As long as I'm not feeling neglected or passed over or anything like that, then I am, you know, easier to process it. It's good. Yeah. But it's definitely a bigger struggle for me than the sex was. And then how would we manage that? We would make sure, maybe go back again to the writing thing. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of journaling for me. Do a lot of reminding that you can love multiple people. It does not mean that you're loving someone new, so the old person is out. This isn't (laughs) Survivor. You're not getting voted off the island. You can love other people fully and openly and expressively, and it does not devalue the love that you are given by that person. Totally. So... I love my wife beyond a shadow of a doubt. And like you said, I think you said it on last episode or the one before where it was like watching two old friends get together. Mm-hmm. You and I don't have that same connection. Right. But we have a far different connection that I love completely. And what we have is unique to us in our own ways. It is not a threat to my wife. Right. My wife's love is not a threat to you. You know, when I have another partner, that's its own thing for its own reasons. And it is not a threat to either one of you two. Yeah. A tangible thing, if it helps anybody out there listening, when I was journaling about the emotional stuff, some of the things I wrote down to remember, um, I very specifically remember making a list of all the reasons he loves me specifically, you know, and making it very detail oriented to stuff that pertain to us, not just he loves my humor. But he loves the way I break into laughing fits for no reason. And that was, you know, I pee my pants laughing so hard. And it's a really funny laugh. And he'll make me laugh to continue it. And these are moments and things that are very specific to us that he won't have with somebody else. He might have a partner with another great sense of humor. But the way they connect is going to be different from the way we connect. So making a list of things that were very specific to our connection was super helpful because when I did find myself spiraling out out of fear in those insecure moments, I could just refer back to this list and kind of run through them like mantras almost and remind myself and calm myself down. Yeah. And it's like having different friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Although people get jealous and crazy over friendships, right? Too. And we've seen some of the worst <laughs> of the worst, and and it's a little different theoretically in the sense that socially we believe that we have to partner with one person always and forever till the end of time, the the end. <laughs> but if you expand your love relationship 
in a way that also includes the value of friend relationships, you'd be able to say, if I were to use my friends, oh, Mike and I are going to go out and we're going to have a few beers and not that I drink beer, but we're going to go have a few beers and play Grand Theft Auto, you know? Right. And then, you know, John and I are going to go out and we're going to go to the concert downtown later tonight. Mike and I playing Grand Theft Auto is a part of our friendship that I share with him. And then John and I like going to concerts and we share that together. That doesn't mean Mike is a better friend than John or vice versa. It's just different. Right. And so with, with your loving partners, all these things that are specific to you are the reasons why we're friends, mm -hmm. why we're lovers, why we are connected. And that's okay to have that with multiple people. And the more that you can accept that when your partner is going out or coming back from coming out, the more you can understand why it's okay that they can do that and why there really is no threat to you. Yeah, definitely. Well, we covered quite a bit today. Yeah, those were great questions. Thanks for providing those to us. And hopefully they helped some of you as well. And I think that's it. Let's maybe go out and have a few beers and play Grand Theft Auto. No. <laughs> I need to eat my brie cheese and my leftover tortellini before I can't eat anything because the liquid diet starts in three days. Okay, you go do boring shit, and I'm going to go do awesome shit. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. And that means we're done with this discussion. See you next Tuesday. Bye, Pollyann fam. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits.